Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Good Morning Family, a podcast of my weekly sermons. Who knows? Maybe I'll throw in a special sermon for you every now and then. I hope this podcast is good news for you. If you find these words helpful, please rate and review my podcast on iTunes or on whatever host you found it. Thanks for your help and for being part of the family. And now, here's this week's sermon. Listen and enjoy. Good morning, family. Thank you for joining me today. Let's talk about food again. If you were with me the last two weeks, you will remember that Jesus is talking and teaching us about bread. Last week, he invited us to a banquet. He offered us food that will satisfy, and that food, that bread, is himself. So let's pick up where we left off last week. We're in the Gospel according to John, chapter 6, and Jesus is speaking to his followers, but also to religious professionals who aren't exactly on his side. Hear the word of the Lord. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Then the Jews debated among themselves, asking, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I assure you, unless you eat the flesh of the human one and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. My flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me lives because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It isn't like the bread your ancestors ate and then they died. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Did you hear what Jesus said? He said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Let's do a little thought experiment, shall we? Imagine for a moment that you lived in Jesus' day, 2,000 years ago, and imagine for just a moment that you were strongly considering becoming one of Jesus' disciples. You've heard about his miracles. Maybe you even saw him give sight to the blind or experienced him healing lepers. Perhaps you heard him preach one day or watched him raise the dead. And you thought to yourself, I want to be a part of this. Now, after all that, imagine that you hear Jesus say these words, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. The bread that I will give is my flesh. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. What would you think? What would you do? Would you quietly back your way through the crowd? Would you fade into the background and tiptoe home? Jesus isn't making any sense, is he? Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I will remain in them. 
When you stop and think about it, that's more than a little bizarre, isn't it? Has Jesus lost it? This is a hard saying. It's a difficult word. Now, if you've been with us, you'll recognize a bread theme over the past few weeks, and that's intentional. The pattern of scripture reading for the Christian church, it's called a lectionary, asks us to focus on all of Jesus' bread talk. Jesus fed thousands of people with only five loaves of bread and two fish. Then those same people went looking for Jesus because they wanted more bread. Then Jesus began to refer to himself as bread, the bread of heaven, the bread of life. He said, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life. You see, Jesus wants people to develop a spiritual hunger and thirst that only he can fill. And to teach this, Jesus uses the Passover story, which was about moving from slavery to freedom, to show how faith in him moves people from death to life. And in this passage, we can hear Jesus instituting the sacrament of Holy Communion. Now, let's push pause. Sometimes we are tempted to prioritize the events of the life of Jesus. Some people might think that his death is most important. After all, Jesus is instituting the practice of Holy Communion that we celebrate on a regular basis. Others will say that the birth of Jesus is the most consequential. That's why we celebrate Christmas every year. Still others will say that his resurrection is the most significant. Just listen to the hallelujahs that we sing on Easter Sunday. But I think I should point out to you that we are not saved, we are not redeemed, we are not restored by any one of those events. None of those are more important than the others. Instead, we are redeemed and transformed by what we call the Christ event, that is, by the totality of his life, his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. The Christ event, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, is what resurrects us and moves us from death to life. We find hope and life in Jesus' whole life, from his birth in Bethlehem to his death on the cross. From the empty tomb to his ascension into heaven, Jesus' whole life, not the events of the last days of his life, institutes the sacrament of Holy Communion. Everything that Jesus did, who he was and how he lived, is part of God's revelation to us. And we are invited to enter into the love story, the life of Jesus. God took Jesus' entire life and he blessed it, broke it, and gave it to us. Our job is to let the Jesus story, the world's greatest love story, take us, bless us, break us, and give us back to the world. This is what we do every time we come to the Lord's table, isn't it? We don't just listen to the words, to the instructions to take the bread and to eat it, but we come to the altar and actually, literally, take and eat the bread that has been broken and given. Have you ever wondered why we do that? We do it in order to enter the Jesus story. And then we are called to make the whole story, the Christ event, a part of our story. Taking, blessing, breaking, sharing. Those are the steps that Jesus modeled for us. 
the bread in the wilderness, the bread in the upper room, the bread at a simple dinner table in the town of Emmaus, and even the bread of his earthly life, taken, blessed, broken, and shared. For two millennia in every age, on every continent and in every country, from the pinnacles of power to the lowest of the low, this pattern has been carried out in obedience to Jesus' command and model. The communion that Jesus spoke of in the sixth chapter of John's Gospel, when he described himself as the living bread, is something that has infused itself into the human story. Think of all the places you've received Holy Communion. Try to recall all the people alongside whom you have taken Holy Communion, people still living that you don't see anymore, and people now long dead and seen only by God. Imagine all the places in which God has experienced this Eucharistic meal. Jesus is the bread that came down from heaven. His presence sustains us in every place and in every situation, doesn't he? Can we all admit that we need this strengthening of the body and blood of Jesus encountered in Holy Communion? When we are apart from God, we find it easier and easier to remain apart from God. When we are apart from Him, it is easier to rely on other, lesser answers to our deep and our not-so-deep hungers and thirsts, the cravings and desires that only Jesus can satisfy. This is where the comparison to physical hunger and thirst helps us as we know that we need the nourishment of food and drink again and again. We may eat a good meal today, but we will need another tomorrow and another one or two, and a good snack in between, right? It's the same way in our spiritual lives. We need spiritual nourishment again and again and again. I know that I may be preaching to the choir today, but maybe, maybe this is all new information to you and you're hearing it for the first time. But I know that from time to time, each of us can find ourselves feeling distanced separated or estranged from God. Do you know that feeling? And so this is my word to the wise today. When you find yourself feeling separated from God, know that staying away from God's word and from the Lord's table is no way to find healing. That's where we find the bread of life. Continue to read God's word. Bathe yourself in it. Saturate yourself with it. Feast on it and keep coming to the Lord's table because those are the places where Jesus promised to meet us. Keep on asking for and expecting the peace which only Jesus can give. You need his nourishment as much as you need physical food to eat and water to drink. And because he loves you, Jesus is more than ready and more than willing to give you the nourishment that you need to satisfy your hungry soul. Even when you feel unworthy, even when you know you've messed up, Jesus stands ready to welcome you, to forgive you, and to nourish you. Many, many years ago, the great reformer Martin Luther is said to have described followers of Jesus as mere beggars showing other beggars where to find bread. If you follow Jesus, then that's your job description. Did you know that? Once you've found the bread, 
It's your obligation to show others where to find the bread. And we do that by loving people and pointing them to Jesus, who is the bread of life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle God, grant us gratitude for what we have, our daily bread, the gift of life. Unclutter our lives. Lord, we have too much. We consume too much. We expect too much. Grant us perspective to see this world through others' eyes than just our own. Unclutter our lives, Lord, and give us space, simplicity, and thankful hearts. Grant us compassion where there is need to play our part and not turn aside. Take us, bless us, break us, share us for the good of our neighbors and for the life of the world. Today, Father, we remember and pray for those who are ill, for those who are in need, and especially those who are affected and afflicted by COVID-19. Help us to bring your love and your healing to those who desperately need it. Help us to comfort and to care for those who are the last, the least, the lost, and the left out. And now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me today. Was this message helpful to you? If so, will you share this podcast with three friends this week? Also, your job this week is to love at least three people. Feed at least three people. Share the bread of life with them. And make sure that at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Why? Because everyone needs love. And everyone needs to know that God loves them. No matter what. Listen, people won't know that Jesus loves them unless his followers demonstrate his love. Please don't let all the craziness of life rob you of your joy. With Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen.